You're listening to Recap.fm's coverage of the Disney Plus original series, The Mandalorian. I'm Seal. I'm JD. Let's talk about Chapter 4. Sanctuary. Didn't really feel like a sanctuary. (laughs) No, it didn't. It seemed like a big mess. Right. So, I mean, they land, the planet is Sorgan, which is a backwoods planet. Not a lot of civilization, no big spaceports. Yeah, no spaceport, no big cities, very little technology. So, Mando, they're calling him Mando now. Is that his name? Or is it just short for Mandalorian? I think it's just short for Mandalorian. I think it's just what Grief calls him because he doesn't know what else to call him. Mando is the nickname that my father had for my son. Uh, he called him Lando Mando. because, And his name is not Lando, but, but that's what he called whatever. him. Whatever. So, because grandparents come up with weird nicknames. And they're allowed. Yeah. So, um, the Mandalorian is landing there. And we saw earlier... This village is raided by some Clatoonians. Do you like how I threw that in there? I like that. Clatoonian thugs. And we meet uh, Omera and her daughter because they cannot escape the Clatoonians fast enough. So they have to hide in these little water fields under a basket and hope that they don't get discovered. Mm-hmm. Not the whole time. I expected them to get spotted. Sure. I mean, and yeah, how do you not breathe loud enough? For someone to hear you. Yeah. I mean. Well, she's covering the kid's mouth. I'm like, oh, you're going to suffocate your child, lady. Well, rather than be dead than taken by thugs. Like that last, like that, 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 that last episode of MASH. <laughs> yeah. It was a chicken. No, it was uh-huh. not a chicken, Hawkeye. <laughs> so, um, Mando lands on Sorgan and he's like, okay, I'm going to go here. And he goes straight to the local watering hole bar restaurant type thing and orders a bowl of bone broth for, mm. for a baby Yoda. For baby Yoda. B-Y. We're going to call him by. Not really. We'll call him baby Yoda because that's what you do. And he orders a bowl of bone broth and he gives this lady a, a large amount of money. And she's like, okay, well, thank you, sir. I'll bring you uh, some drinks and more bone broth and all this stuff. Uh, please just, yeah, thank you. And he's like, no, no, just the stuff for the kid. Right. But who is that uh, person sitting over there in the corner? It's an mercenary named Kara Dune, which uh, I think is a made-up name. I don't think that's her real name. I think it's an alias she's going by. Oh, I'm sure at this point. Yeah. Yeah. I'm Kara Dune. She's on a run. Yes. And so they fight for a little bit outside, and Kara holds her own with him. Like, clearly she's highly trained and knows what she's doing, and... They both pull blasters on each other at the same time, mm-hmm. which is the the typical standstill. Well, I think it's important to note prior to that. Which part? Mandalorian tosses a couple more ducats at, yeah. the, at the bartender lane and says, watch the kid. Yeah. And, okay, now we're at that face-off. Yeah. What do we, what, who's, who's there? We see the newest meme. Baby Yoda drinking soup. Drinking his own cup of soup. See, oh my God, this is the most adorable damn thing I'm I've ever seen. I'm worried that this is going to take over the Kermit sipping tea. It like, might. Which would just be a tragedy. Like, because you could totally do, yeah, but that's none of my business with Yoda drinking his, drinking bone his little bone. Soup. Yeah. Like, that's none so of my business. Good. So, 
which is just infuriating, but adorable at the same time. But it shows us that, that Baby Yoda is his own person. Yeah. He's going to do, Baby Yoda's going to do what Baby Yoda wants mm-hmm. to do. Carl, stay in the house. Yeah, exactly. Coral. Damn it, Coral. <laughs> I don't miss that show. I really don't. Um, so he talks to Cara Dune, played by Gina Carano, who not my favorite actress. Um, but that's we'll just leave it at that. She doesn't do terrible, but she's not my favorite actress. No, I thought she did, you know, a good job for yeah, her. Yeah, she's a good I mean, fighter. Cause so she was she's like this ex shock trooper badass. Right. And that's what we and, find out. She's a shock trooper in you know then she was a mercenary for a while and now she's kind of on the run and she's like, so here's the deal. Either one, we're going to have to go another round and see who's going to win or one of us got to move on. And I was here first. And that's kind of a code. And, yeah. and Mando's even like, okay, she was here first. We got to move. We got to move on. Yeah. He's and he's totally, fi- he's he's totally going to go along with this. Like, you know what? We're going to find another planet. Yeah. There's other planets like this. This planet's taken like yeah. this one person, this planet's taken. <laughs> like, look, this planet's taken. Yeah. <laughs> Which was funny. And so as he's uh, boarding his ship, we see some uh, hapless villagers who who had a rough go of it earlier. And they mm-hmm. come and they're like, hey, we've got all the money that we've saved. Uh, will you please come with us? And Mandalorian is pretty much straight up like, no, it's not enough. Whatever you want, that's not enough. Uh, I'm telling you, that's not enough. That's not enough. But here's what I want you to do. Uh, we, but we really need you to come help us. There's a bunch of thugs that take over our farms and raid our village, and they took our whole crop of krill. Very seven samurai. Very seven samurai, or magnificent seven. Yeah, yeah. both good. All three, both excellent. Yeah. So, um, he's like, "Whoa, whoa, where do you live? On a farm? Weren't you listening?" Well, and, and they said it's Easy out in the middle killer. of nowhere. He's yeah. like, "It's it's just this godforsaken out in the middle." And he's like, "Wait, wait, wait." You're out in the middle of nowhere. Is there lodging? Yeah. 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 Okay. Cool. Uh, come with me. And I'm going to need those credits that you offered me. Yeah. And so he takes all the credits and throws them to Kara and says, hey, let's do this. Uh, come with me. We're being hired to do this. Right? Yeah. And so because you think a shock trooper and a Mandalorian would be able to take out some second-rate thugs that are on, oh, sure. on a backwood forest planet, you know, threatening unarmed farmers you know like yeah it should be no problem no problem at all so they get there and they take the job and so they start meeting everybody and um they meet omera mm-hmm. and we we start to learn a little bit about the mandalorian which i think is the most important part of this episode the rest of it is kind of a throwaway in my opinion but the rest of it's filler it is filler but what we learn about the mandalorian he can take off his mask and he does every day. Like, that's how he eats, probably how he cleans himself. You know, you don't want to shower the helmet on. That'd be yeah. weird. But he can't take it off in front of anybody else. Because if he does, he can never put it back on. Yep. He can't show his face to anybody. Which is good. I mean, some anonymity is important mm-hmm. in their line of work. For sure. But also, he's not a natural-born Mandalorian. Yeah. He was adopted by the tribe after his parents were killed, which is probably why, one, he's so keen to help Baby Yoda, but two, why he's so keen to help them, because he kind of sees some of his past in them, and he wants to Well, help. And, and both times with the armorer, he's made a big deal about, hey, Dextra goes to help the foundlings, the yeah. orphans. we so, got to help the little kids. Yeah. Yeah. They need, and then, that's probably why he does most of what he does. He's yeah. like, I'm able to help them. These people did it for me. I'm paying it forward. Right, right. Yeah. So 
while they're out patrolling, looking for signs of the thugs that came and attacked the village, they stumble upon something that really changes everything. Yeah. It's an ATSD, mm-hmm. all terrain scout transport, which we remember from the Battle of Endor with the Ewoks, who the Ewoks were able to take him out with sticks and rocks and bow and arrows. But I mean, whatever. Uh, whatever, whatever. But those things are vicious. Like yeah. they're fast, they're nimble, which is why they're able to work in forest planets and things like that. Mm-hmm. And so they basically, yo, this, this contract is canceled. We are not going to do this yeah, because you, you all, in fact, you all need to leave. Right. You just need to abandon this place. Right. Go start over somewhere else. Yeah. And they're like, we can't do that. We're not going to do it. My grandfather seated these grill fields. <laughs> we got nowhere to go. And they basically just refused to leave. You could go start over with your little farm, probably anywhere. And that's what Kara tries to tell him. Like, it's the big planet, yo. This is a big planet. There's plenty of places where you could go dig holes, put some water in it, and grow whatever you're growing. What right. is the deal? But, you know, tradition and family. And well, when it's your land, I mean. Sure. You know. You've worked it. You've you've toiled over what you uh, where you are. You know, it's yours. You want to protect it. You want to own it. Yeah. And I understand that. And, and I don't and think that's, they. That's where we are. I don't think they understand the actual threat. No, they don't. Of quite an get ATST, it. they're like, "Hey, we can we can learn to fight back." Mm, sure about that? That's a big ask. That's a big ask. That's and a big ask. So the Mandalorian even says, "He's like, okay, let's show them how." So they bust out. Then we get another montage. We get a training montage. We do. We get a you know the, the typical. All right, everybody, aim, fire. Everybody misses. Except for Omero. Omero. Because he's like, anybody fired a weapon before? And she's like, hers is the only hand that goes up. Right. And she proceeds to go dead shot on that that frying pan that's hanging and swinging in the breeze. Yeah. That was pretty awesome. It was. And then also them stabbing with spears. Yeah. And most of them holding it backwards and not knowing how to thrust and all that stuff. And then eventually they start to get better and they feel like they're ready. And we also see the montage of them preparing the defenses. You know, I need you to build these this high, and they need to be this strong. And then we're going to dig a big hole for that walker to come in. When it comes, it'll fall in, and it'll be destroyed, and the day will be ours. Hooray. Hooray. It's a good plan. I'm sure. But no plan. No plan survives contact with the enemy. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, there's there's all perfect contentions, but there's never perfect plans. You know, you know, we intend for this to happen this way, but never, nothing ever goes the way it should. But they're ready, and so their plan, their what their main plan is, they're going to go get the thugs to come to them. Yeah, like we're going to go attack them, get them to retaliate, and come back after us, so we're not having to live under the threat all the time. Right, never knowing when we're going to come back. We want them to come back when we're prepared and on our terms. Yeah, which is smart. That is smart. So they send Kara and the Mandalorian to their camp. And they, of course, beat the crap out of all of them. I mean, kill a lot of them, you know, in hand-to-hand combat and stabbing and no shooting, really. And then they use a thermal detonator to blow up whatever cool glow-in-the-dark drink that they have, (laughs) which was awesome. The drinks in Star Wars sometimes is just like... Pretty rad. Like the blue milk. What is this blue milk from? I still want to know what animal that the blue milk came from. And why it's blue. Yeah. 
And if it's delicious. I mean, we know where the green milk came from. Yeah. <laughs> don't need to see that again. Oh, yeah. Maybe we don't want to know where the blue milk came from. I, no, we do. Okay. Maybe we don't want to see where it comes like, from. Mm. I don't need to see you milking said okay. animal. I got you. But I would I'm like to you. know what animal it came from. I'm with you. So as soon as they blow up the camp with the, derm- the detonator, uh, apparently there was someone sleeping in that walker because it fires up. And it looks way more intimidating than the ones in Return of the Jedi did because it's got red eyes, man. Yeah, well, I mean, that's how that's how you would run like a, a, a tank or an armored vehicle at night. Sure. You'd run it with the red lights so you can see a little bit what you're doing, but yeah. it's not jacking up your night vision and it's not conceived. And you can't see it from very far away. Right. So, yeah. But, I mean, it kind of makes sense, though, with this little ragtag band of misfits. Yeah. That apparently, clearly they stole the dang thing. Yeah. There's probably only a couple of guys that know how to operate it. Sure. And so, yeah, they're going to, they're, they're going to sleep in, the they're going to sleep. That, that's, that's their house. Yeah. They live there now. Home. Yeah. Yeah. And it's probably better. Like, hey, yeah, we're cool here. Um, we don't want to interact with y'all. Just call us when you need us. Yeah. So they're running back to the camp and that walker is speedy, man. Mm-hmm. It really is quick. For- it's cool to see it, you know, actually behave like it is capable of behaving. Yeah. Yeah. It is. Do you think it was CGI? Maybe a little bit, but yeah. I mean, there's so many practical effects in this show. I wouldn't be surprised if it was. Which I appreciate. If, it, if, it feels way more it, Star Wars. A lot of it felt like it was a model. I think maybe some of the quick moving through the force might have been, but a lot of that, mm. I'm, I feel like that it, it had the organic feel like it was a model. Yeah. I appreciate the the, the practical effects. It, yeah. Like I said, it, it makes it feel more like the old school Star Wars. Yes. Too much CGI, I think, would ruin it. So they get back, and the ATST is getting ready to step into the moat, but it stops mm-hmm. for some reason, and it starts scanning around. And they're like, "Okay, everybody down, everybody hide," except for the two numb nuts that are like, "Oh, what do we do? I can't hear. I don't hear anybody saying get down. I'm just going to stand here." And they stand in clear view, and the ATST starts firing at it and then all of the thugs come out of the forest mm-hmm. ready to go it's fighting time it is it's on it is on but they cannot get the atst to take the bait and step into the moat nope and that's what they need because they, if that atst stands they're gonna lose yeah they don't have anything that's gonna penetrate that armor no nothing at all so they're like okay what do we do and kara's like okay i got an idea she runs up hiding on the lip of the water pond, whatever, where they grow and starts shooting right at it, trying to get it to come after her because it can't get a good angle to shoot her. Like if it just steps forward and and tries to get an angle on me, that's when it'll fall and we'll win. Mm -hmm. It won't do it. Won't do it. So eventually she finally blows up one of the windows and that's when it finally steps forward. Yeah. Like, oh, we can't see. We got to get forward and really take care of this girl because she could do even more damage to our ATST. We need to take care of it. So she step, it steps in, falls, and blows up. And the Mandalorian runs up to the water edge, throws in a detonator, and really takes yeah, and care takes of it. Yeah, takes it, yeah. Which is awesome. You know, and so the, and then the rest of the fight is pretty, pretty typical, like... Once the thugs see their ATST, you know what it reminded me of. You know what it reminded me of. What? Do you know what it reminded me of? I don't know. When Daryl rolled that hand grenade down that tank barrel. <laughs> see what I did to you yeah, there? Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, yeah. 
I do it for the fans. Yeah, for the fans. Yeah. So, I mean, they run away. And like, ah, oh, victorious. Woo! We've done it. We've done it. And so they live the next few weeks seemingly in peace, you know? Yeah. Like they've got a routine. They've got a routine and baby Yoda's loving it. Like oh, yeah. all the little kids it, love they're him. All, they're all playing together. He's having like a he's being a kid. Yeah. You know, he's like having a life. And Omera is very clearly interested in the Mandalorian. She's a oh, widow. Oh, for sure, dude. She's a widow, and she, I mean, she she's hinting at it. She's like, if you said anything, I would say yes. If you asked, I would say yes. Just all you got to do is ask. Yeah. That's basically what she's saying. And Kara even points it out. She's like, what are you doing? You don't want to stay here? He's like, no, no. She's like, you could take off your helmet. Live here in peace with that beautiful widow. And just have a normal life and be happy. What is the deal? Yeah, and you could raise the little kid. Right. The little Yoda kid. Like, this is a great life yeah. that you could possibly have. He's happy. He even spit out the frog. Right. Which people were, are people upset about that? I don't know. I didn't. I, I wasn't. I mean, I saw some stuff on Twitter about why didn't he eat the frog? What was maybe he didn't like the taste of the frog? And he got in his mouth. Maybe he doesn't like frogs on that planet. Right. Maybe it maybe he's weird. growing as a person. He's like, you know what? I don't need to eat this frog because I've already had my breakfast. Right. Like, and I don't need to be a glutton. Right. Second. And maybe breakfast. it'll gross these. Maybe I don't want to gross out my friends. Right. Second breakfast not necessary yeah. right now. So the Mandalorian he goes to uh, talk to Omera, and he says, "Here's what's going to happen." This place is perfect for the baby Yoda, but not for me. I'm going to leave him here. Will you take care of him? She's like, yeah, I'll take care of him as one of my own. Are you sure you don't want to stay? And she reaches up and she's going to pull off his helmet. And he's about to let her. But then Mm -hmm. he stops her, you know, before it finally finishes and you hear a gunshot. Because there was a Kubazi with a fob. Uh Uh-huh. And we we see him walking, and he's got a long rifle trained not on the Mandalorian, but on Baby Yoda. Yeah, he's about to take Baby Yoda out. Right, because the bounty, even for the Mandalorian, was dead or alive. Right. Of course, they prefer alive for the testing and stuff like that, but dead is fine. And this Kubazi, knowing that the Mandalorian is involved, he's like, I'm not going to be able to get up there and take him. Right. I just got to kill him, and then you sort out the deal yeah. later because if i can show proof that i've killed baby yoda we're good to go i'll still get my money but you hear the gunshot and it turns out that kara had shot the kubazi from behind mm-hmm. and that's when mando realizes yo nowhere is safe i can't stay here there's, there's fobs out on baby yoda and i mean we don't know the range on these fobs no and how didn't and like is it is it like tuned to his DNA? Yeah, I don't understand. I, that's what I want to understand. We do need to learn that. I be- want to learn that why they can't just remove whatever it is the track the things are tracking. Right. So that we've got to we've got to cover that yeah. plot hole. It's not like No Country for Old Men, where he's got he doesn't realize there's a tracker in the case. Yeah. You know, and everybody could track it, but like, yeah, we need to know how these fobs work for sure. And I think we'll get there. Yeah, I'm sure we will. So he tells everybody bye and he leaves on his little wagon pulled by a droid mm-hmm. he's like hey and that was a nice little stop and i really wish that i could have left him here so that he'd be safe and have a good life and be able to grow up but alas it is not to be i gotta go take care of this 
and basically kill everybody that's looking for him if there's going to be any safety for him. Because that's the only option he has at this point. Right now, they, that is that is his option. Yeah. He's got to go on the offense. Right. I mean, he probably could take him to the New Republic and do something there. Probably. But, but maybe he doesn't want to go there for some reason. Like, sure. he's He's got some options ahead of him, but just camping out and hiding is clearly not going to work. Yeah, that's not going to happen. So, not productive. Overall, not my favorite episode, but it's still a good episode. I still enjoyed it. No, I did. I enjoyed it. I mean... Coming off of that third episode. Yeah. That's a tough episode to follow. It's a tough act to follow. Yeah. I mean, and it, it was kind of, this one felt kind of typical script. You know what I'm saying? Like, like it felt like you've seen this same story before and they just kind of changed it for a Star Wars setting. I think. And this is the first one that yeah. I really felt like that. And I think, too, there, there might have been a temptation because, I mean, we are, they have, they're giving us, for all intents and purposes, they're giving us a Western story and i think maybe there is a temptation to you know delve into some of the typical tropes yeah and you know favreau just couldn't help himself yeah but they still did a good job yeah i enjoyed it yeah well and this one also directed by bryce dallas howard how about that whose father directed solo that's right a star wars story so that's weird like a father daughter duo and I don't know. It's weird when, like, episodic television, I don't know what kind of role or what kind of power the directors have for each episode. Like, how individual can you make it, really? Yeah, it's not, it's not like a feature film. Yeah, of course not. So, on the, on the TV show, The Writer's King. Yes. And, and John Favreau has been the writer on every episode. Yeah. And which is fine. He doesn't, he's doing a good yeah. job. So, the director's coming in to kind of, Make the, keep the train running on time. Sure, that's the the director on a television show. It's like a week, is, right? Is, we, is, we got a week to shoot. this got episode. a week. Let's got a go. week or two, and depending on the depending on the schedule. Yeah, and um, the director's going to act a little more. The director's going to direct. Don't get me wrong. They're going to work with the actors. They're going to shoot and like get the. Shots they're going to move the cameras in the scene. Yeah. yeah, but the DP is also going to do a lot of that, and yeah. the and the director's there to keep things running on time, and their their job kind of blends in with the AD's job, which is to keep the train running on time in a sure. film. So yeah, it's it's a little different. I mean it's the the basics are the same, but yeah, the the director on this episode or that episode of this T V show is not the shot caller that you would think they are. Mm-hmm. That's the showrunner, the main writer in this case, Favreau. So Yeah. Yeah. So I mean I enjoyed the episode. I'm still excited to see the rest of the season. And the future season. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So we'll see how it goes. But I enjoyed it. Hopefully you enjoyed it as well. And hopefully you're enjoying our podcast. If you are and you're following along, we really appreciate it. We hope that you will take the time to subscribe and leave us a review if you haven't yet. Yes. Um, I'm going to check for reviews here in the next week. And um, if we've gotten any, we'll read them out and we'll respond on live on the air. I we will. Super exciting for you. So please do so. And then also, you can always talk to us on Twitter. We're pretty active on Twitter, and we always respond to people that tweet at us. My Twitter's at RealJDLee. I am at Seal Adams, and that's S-E-A-L-E-A-D-A-M-S. And you can always follow our network Twitter, at RecapFM, no dot, at RecapFM on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, any social media that you like to use. We will probably be there, and you can always interact with us there. Another thing you can do for us, check out our website, Recap.FM. 
We've got all of our shows on there. You can listen to the different podcasts that we do, a bunch of different back catalog, a couple that are running currently, like this one and Watchmen. Uh, be checking out for those. And then uh, there's a red button right on the top of the page that says subscribe. That's for our newsletter. It comes out every two weeks. It's got information we think you'll find useful, shows that we're doing, shows that are upcoming, um, sometimes some original content, information about contests and giveaways will be in there when we start doing those. So you want to get on the list so that you know what's coming. For real. For real. So we're caught up now. Hooray. Hooray. Thank y'all for being patient. Thank y'all for listening. We hope that you have enjoyed it. We will be back next week with episode five. Until then, stay warm and enjoy your holidays. 